Hello and welcome to Upstage the Podcast, your weekly dose of theatre news and reviews. I'm Rachel. And I'm Abby. This week we are doing an episode dedicated to one of the greatest musicals of all time, Les Mis. But first, we've got quite a lot of interesting theatre news for you. The first bit of news is that new cast has been announced for Hamilton starting this December. So about half of the current cast are staying in the role zone at the moment. So Jamel Westman is continuing as Hamilton. Taryn Callender is staying on as Mulligan Madison. Rachel Langeau as Eliza. Jason Pennycook as Lafayette and Jefferson. And Cleve September as Lawrence and Philip. But there are also some new additions to the principal cast. A couple of current Hamilton cast members will be stepping up to principal roles. Um, so Sifiso Mazabuko will be um, taking over the role of Aaron Burr. And Courtney Mae Briggs will be playing Peggy and Mariah Reynolds. And then joining the company will be Alison Ava Brown as Angelica, Dom Hartley-Harris as George Washington and John Robbins as King George. So I think a really nice balance of, of old and new. Yeah. Um, I think will bring a nice energy. A lot of the um, current ensemble are staying on with just kind of a handful of new ensemble members. So yeah, I think it'll be an interesting refresh for the show. And um, I'm glad so many of them are staying because they're yeah. such a good cast. Yeah. But I think particularly the new um, Aaron Burr will change the dynamic quite a lot. Obviously it's someone who's been in the show, but taking on that pivotal role will be hopefully a different new take yeah he is standby at the moment so you might have already seen him i've heard very good things about him so i'm glad that he's got the opportunity to step up because so often standbys don't and i think that's really sad i like that they've done that and also i generally i'm a big fan of the casting of hamilton because it would have been easy for such a big show to cast big names but i think they are casting bigger talent exactly also worth noting actually if you do particularly want to see jamel westman he is going to be taking a break from the show from the 17th of December to the 12th of January, so for almost a month. So, big Christmas. He's got a big <laughs> Christmas planned. So during that time, it's going to be played by Ash Hunter, who is, again, the current standby. So if you want to see Jamil Westman, maybe leave it until early next year. The next piece of news is that Michelle Visage of RuPaul's Drag Race fame and many other things, she's a radio host and actress, etc. She's going to be joining the cast of Everybody's Talking About Jamie, which is quite exciting um from the 13th the 13th from the 18th of october to the 26th of january she's going to be playing miss hedge who is currently played by tamsin carroll quite inventive casting do you know what i mean like i feel like they yeah. could, it could have gone to any one of many many actresses currently working in the west end so interesting they've cast quite a big name and what is actually quite a small role you know she doesn't have like her own song she only has a couple of scenes really but really exciting that she's decided to be in it i know she's like done shows before i've seen some videos of her doing rocky horror so i know that she sings um and my only concern is what her what her accent is going to be like oh, i'm just very excited for the accent if i'm honest <laughs> i hope she either just goes with her natural american or she just picks vaguely british and we hope for the best if she tries to do a sheffield accent i just think it's going to go very poorly maybe it's the one accent she can do maybe that's why she she heard that there was maybe. a show about about a sheffield. young drag queen set in sheffield yeah. and she was like i've got a even the everything. british people in that show struggle with the accent at times because it's so specific yeah. so i think an american trying to do it would be a bit of a car crash but i think she'll be great in the role i think she's got the right sort of demeanor for it and it'll definitely raise the profile for the show to the mm. right audience even though i i would imagine there's quite a significant crossover already of um, yeah, drag sure. race fans and yeah. 
people who are aware of everybody's talking about Jamie, but maybe it'll kind of force some people who've just kind of heard about it to actually go it's see it. not like it. the gays don't like theatre, is it? No, I think, yeah, and, and this is a show that I'm sure ticks a lot of boxes already yeah. um, for the Drag Race audience, but maybe I'll actually force those people through the door. Yeah. And some more big names coming to London theatre are Gillian Anderson, Lily James and Julian Ovenden. I've never really known how to pronounce that. I also think it's Gillian Anderson. Well, that's fucking stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Let's just play. It should be Gillian, so let's just say how it should be. And they will all be in a new production of All About Eve, directed by Ivo Van Hove, which will be at the Noel Coward Theatre next February. That should be good. Yeah, great casting. People are very excited. The next piece of news is sort of theatre-related, but not quite, but we're very excited about it. It's that the... Piano Bar Marie's Crisis, which is in Greenwich Village in New York City, is doing a pop-up in London, which is just oh, so, exciting. so exciting. It's an, such an iconic venue. We had the best night. Well, I had the best night of my life there. I don't know if you did, but I did. <laughs> I had a fantastic no, it time. Was, it's so much fun. It was so good. Everybody was so friendly. The vibe was so welcoming. Yeah. We made friends. We, we made did. friends in a bar. When does that Facebook ever happen? friends for life. Facebook friends for life. It's purely Broadway, musical theatre. Yeah, and it's all the stuff that you know and love, and you get to sing along to it. I got to sing along to La Vie Boheme with a bunch of people who also knew all the words, and it was great. It's so, it's such, so fun. So good, and I wish I could go back there all the time. But now I can, because it's doing, (laughs) for one week only. So it's doing a pop-up in the City of Quebec pub, which is in Marlebone from the 30th of October to the 3rd of November. So over Halloween, which is interesting. interesting. I mean, I will take this over Halloween plans any day. Oh, for sure. So yeah, it's it's going to be in the basement of the pub. And I'm hoping, I think, some West End people might turn up to it. Yeah, I've and I sense. also would like to imagine that this is them putting out feelers to see if London's yes. interested. In, in because like... it's very easy to hire a pianist, put a piano. It's so easy. Just make sure your brand's not completely ruined by making sure they're decent. There are plenty of good pianists in this country. Yeah. And then you've got Marie's Crisis London. Oh my God. Because I just feel like, you know, like some weeks you're having a terrible week and I can just imagine that some days on a Wednesday I'd be like, look, Rachel, it's like one of those yeah, weeks. Yeah, should we just go Friday night and sing along to Circle of Marie's. Life at 2am again? Yeah. That was so good. That was one of the happiest moments of my life. Oh, it's just such a great evening. And there always seems to be like someone there, even if they're not like... A professional performer who's just got a fantastic voice who will just like I don't know how it happened when we were there but like yeah. someone just started singing and everyone's like shh, shh yeah you and just know it's you just solo. know and it was it's just magical so yeah we are going to be going it's very exciting that's basically all there is to yeah. say speaking of something that um <laughs> sadly the excitement around, was not great enough would have been for. around the same time it would have been that's yeah. a shame so we uh we spoke a couple of months ago about the very exciting announcement of StageCon, the overpriced theatre convention. You sound like you're being sarcastic there, <laughs> Abby, so... Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. It was meant to be happening on the 3rd and 4th of November at Shoreditch Town Hall. A lot of stars were announced, including Christina Bennington, Carrie Hope Fletcher, Michael Xavier, you know, all the big names. But sadly, it has had to be postponed the general manager for StageCon released a statement that said that they had listened to the feedback since the launch, which basically said, it's too fucking expensive. It's so expensive. It's so expensive. Like, even... We have a theatre podcast, and even we were like, it's too, it's expensive, too expensive to go to this theatre convention. Like, for a first-time convention, when you don't really know who's going to show up, how well it's going to be organised, like, it could be TanaCon 2.0. Could be TanaCon. Do you know? You're not going to spend that much money. Yeah, they, um... They misjudged 
some things. They did misjudge. But, but I think they will take this as a learning opportunity yeah. to bring that price down. Yes. Um, and, you know, have a bit more time to plan and kind of secure the stars behind it. I think it. what they need, probably, is instead of... I mean, I don't want to give them these ideas, you know. They should hire us. They should. But I think they need a sort of big event, like a cast reunion of Oh, something. yeah, they need, like, yeah. Rather than just saying, oh, you can hear all these people sing, but you could also probably, if you wait till West End Live next summer, you'll probably see a yeah. lot of them sing for free. And you probably heard them all sing before. Yeah. So I feel like at the moment, a load of West End singers singing sort of one or two songs, but you're not they even sure get during the day. all yeah. of the Strallens to do a number together. I would pay just to go and see that. Like, song and dance, obviously. You, you would. They can it have might like, just be you. <laughs> they can have, like, a little, a little solo each in it. It can be, like, a medley. And then they'll all do like a big dance number together at the end. Are you are you organising Stralencon? I Con? think I should organise Stralencon. <laughs> I would be perfect for that role. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. So um yeah, we'll keep yeah. an eye out for more StageCon news going mm. forward. So we've got one review for you this week. Abby saw this a, a long time ago, but I've only just seen it. Classic, classic Rachel, as it's closed yesterday, if you listen to this on Sunday when it goes up. So you can't see it anymore but Sorry. it was Alleluia which is the new Alan Bennett play you can however see it um, in cinema if you want to so it's going to be screened on the 1st of November via National Theatre Live so Alleluia is about a hospital in the Pennines which is sort of being threatened with closure it's about what's it about it's not really like there isn't much of a plot it's more sort of like a character study would you say on like then even then it's not really a character study because there's so many characters yeah. that you don't get too much time in any of them it's just sort of the goings on in a yeah. geriatric ward yeah. and the, like the struggles that the NHS are having very yeah. topical very political yeah. as with lots of Alan Bennett's work but some really obviously again uh, Alan Bennett a lot of kind of funny moments and mm. even like really really bleak funny moments oh like, really really it bleak is... It, is, it gets bleak yeah and I think you know if you read just a plot summary you'd be like I'm sorry that when is the comedy when, yeah. when does the comedy happen? <laughs> but it is the old people. Are so, I know I probably should stop calling them old people, but they are so funny and they're so adorable. They're so well cast. And then every time, obviously they have a lot. They're a lot younger than they look. So they've got a lot of age makeup on on stage. But every time they get up and do a little dance routine, I'm like, look at them go! <laughs> like they're actually all like ninety. <laughs> they're obviously not. But yeah, it is very charming. There's an Act One finale twist which. I was not expecting. No, I would say there's it, it changes the energy. It does of of the room. It does. I think that I, and yeah, we should definitely shouldn't say. But. Yeah, it did. It, it definitely does change the energy, and it sort of like throws into question like what the play is actually about. Because the first time you're sort of like, oh, save the hospital. Like you really want it to stay open for like these people, and then the second act you're sort of like, close the hospital. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? the first act I feel like it's trying to say like this is what this is like happening all across the country this is what Mm. so many hospitals are like and then the second act makes it a very very singular case that's true yeah that's really interesting Mm. so I don't really know what he's trying to say I think he's still trying to say like this is a problem with the whole NHS of course and kind of wider politics right at the end again without wanting to give too much away yeah but yeah no that plot I was not expecting that twist I was not expecting that twist Um, but even that it's interesting trying to think how to phrase things without giving a twist away (laughs) but there's interesting things to look at after that twist thing of like are we just prolonging life too much well i mean yeah the whole point is we're all gonna live way too long the day that like by 
2030, something like 87,000 people a year will live to 100. That's disgusting. Where at the moment it's like 2,000, I think. No, neither do I. I would like a letter from the Queen. And she won't be the sure. Queen. She'll probably be dead by I then. I would like a letter from <laughs> King It'll probably William. be George by then. <laughs> Christ. It'll be a great little tassie. He thing. would. I'll get my letter from King oh, George. King That's George. fine. But, like, I remember when you were born, so. <laughs> yeah. yeah. My God, King George would be an old man. Well, he'd be like 80. Yeah. That's an old man. 75. He'll be young whippersnapper to us. <laughs> anyway, we've got off topic here. Um, yeah, it's an interesting point about like where do we draw the line? Like, you can't just stop caring for people, but we are able to prolong life for so long now that it's like, is it even a life worth living if you're just getting shuttled between hospital and like a care home and back to hospital and then back to the care home? Like, yeah, yeah. It ra- I think it raised some really interesting questions. Like again, like a lot of his work does questions of like immigration and health policy and London-centric politics London-centric politics yeah I didn't love that character I know he was like a plot device yeah but he was just a bit of an arsehole he was and a bit too much for caricature I didn't do the bit where he sang that was beautiful he's got a lovely voice that was lovely yeah that was lovely and he's so good I would say do go see it on the 1st of November yeah um, it's showing in a cinema near you Um, it's yeah I think it's kind of classic Alan Bennett Support Depressing but hilarious. Yeah, exactly. It is exactly and lovely yeah. and awful. Yes, all those things. Now it is time for the main event. I've been looking forward to this episode for quite a while. I think we need to curb what we said because we could go on for a long time about this. Yes. We're going to talk about one of the most popular musicals of all time. It's Les Miserables. Les Miserables. Les Miserables. Les Miserables. So Les Mis is based on a book by Victor Hugo, which is crazy long. So, so long. I have, I mean, I bought it in two parts because it's so long that it almost won't fit into one book. And I've always intended to read it, but just haven't, haven't I, quite yeah. got there. I started it once. We all try. We, we, we all try. This was turned into a musical by Alan Boublil. Boublil? Boublil? And Claude Michel Schoenberg. So the book obviously came out in 1862. The musical premiered in Paris in 1980. And just a little factoid for you, the London production launched in October 1985 and it has been running ever since. Yeah, so it makes it the longest running musical in the West End. That's pretty good. That is pretty good. So if you don't know, I'm sure you do, but if you don't know, Les Mis is set in early 19th century France and it tells the story of Jean Valjean, who is a French man and <laughs> yeah. he i'm really excited to see how you summarize the whole plot quickly <laughs> but you've got the essential detail of Valjean being a french man he's so a fr- we're all he good is, he's a french man and what happens is he many years ago had stolen a loaf of bread to feed his sister's starving child he was sent to prison by inspector javert he is released from prison on parole after i should know how many years because i'm sure they sing about it but i don't off the top of my head know how many years and he decides to break his parole and start a new life um, and is pursued by Javert for the rest of his life, essentially. I mean, you'd think Javert has better things to do, really. Likes a bit like, of revenge. There's a whole lot of criminals out there. So many, especially But we've done Paris. worse things than steal some bread. And sort of during that pursuit, Valjean meets and interacts with a lot of different characters and is sort of swept into... The French Revolution, not the French Revolution, no, a, a French Revolution, which sort of led by a character called Enjolras and Marius, and all these sort of lives weaved together in Paris. That was an alright summary, I thought, for it was yeah. a very, very long show. So let's talk first about the songs, because Les Mis is entirely sung through, there's no script. So there are a lot of songs in Les Mis, and some of them are sort of like, do you ever listen to Dog Eats Dog? 
No. Would you even have remembered that it was a no. song? Dawn no. of Anguish. Who gives a shit? I don't even know what that is. But there are some fantastic songs in Les Mis, some of which everybody in the Western world has heard because they are, have had such a life outside of the show that they're like... Overplayed. On my Slightly own. Over. I Dreamed a Dream. I also really, really like Bring Him Home. It's a beautiful oh, it's song. It's my favourite song. Not favourite song I also love A Little Fall of Rain. I like A Little Fall of Rain. I really like At the End of the Day. I think At the End of the Day is a lot of fun. Yes. And I like how it introduces mm. a new setting in the story. I think my favourite song from the show is Stars. It's an excellent song. I think it's beautiful and a really nice moment for Javert, who is the sort of traditional villain of the piece, to have a more kind of quiet, reflective moment. Do you hear the people sing? Red and Black. Eponine's Errand, which isn't on like any cast recordings and is only like a minute and a half long, is actually one of my favourite pieces of music from the entire show. Interesting. <laughs> so you have to like find like bootlegs versions of it which you can't really do. But it's, that's a very nice little piece of music. Look Down. Look Down is a lot of fun. I also mm. really like Valjean's Death. It goes on a bit, but when it gets to the end, because it's got one of my favourite lyrics of the whole show in it, which is, to love another person is to see the face of God. I always just shed a little tear at that. Aww. Ah. So yeah, there are lots of... Oh, the confrontation is fun. Yeah. Like a bit of an argument. I forgot... I said Stars was my favourite song from Limits, but I think it's actually Empty Chairs, Empty Tables. I love Empty Chairs, Empty Tables. It's so good. There are so, so many songs in this show that think, are sort of oh, just like I've, waiting for them favorite. to happen because they're just so good. Oh my god, we've not even said One Day More. One Day More, I think, did feature in my favourite Act 1 finales it's, because of the moment when the red flag comes out. And it's and so iconic. It. It's and so singing iconic. along to it is the best. A challenge, with your pals. but fun when you can manage it. Try hard and believe in yourself. You can sing okay. at least four parts. Sure. There are lots and lots of different cast recordings of this, so take your pick. I quite like the 10th anniversary version, and I also quite like the 20th anniversary tour version. I must say I rarely listen to the cast recordings because I have yet to find one that I really like. I know exactly what you mean. Do you know, if they had recorded and released the 20th anniversary at the O2 production as a cast recording, that I would have loved I would that because, um, because Nick Jonas was in it. Because you love Nick Jonas so much. Such Let's a... just talk about it now as you brought it up. <laughs> it's been a while since it, you mentioned it's been, it. It's be been fair. a while since I mentioned it. So they did a 25th anniversary production at the O2. I can't believe I missed it. I can't believe I didn't go, but I didn't. And I will regret it for the rest of my natural life because the cast was fantastic. So Alfie Bow played Jean Valjean. Alfie Bow, I keep so little, like he doesn't look like he's got that big of a voice, but he's an incredible opera singer. So I think people were sort of like, opera? It limits. Um, but he was fantastic in the role and a good actor. And actually went into the West End version for a few months after this because people were so impressed with him. Norm Lewis, who... I've also mentioned several times in this podcast, played Javert, my favourite version of Stars ever. So good. Just the richest voice. It doesn't even look like he's trying. Just amazing. Fantastic. Laius Longer, who's obviously been in the show on the West End and played Eponine in the 10th anniversary recording, played Fantine in the 25th anniversary, which is a nice little nice little change. Yeah. Samantha Barks, who is my favourite ever Eponine, was Eponine. Matt Lucas and Jenny Galloway played the Tenardiers. Katie Hall played Cosette actually last minute because Camilla Kerslake was meant to play Cosette and then pulled out and Katie Hall was um, a very last minute stand-in but I thought very good less irritating than most Cosettes that I have seen it sure is an irritating role it really is we'll come on to that in a second Ram and Karam Lou played Anjoras again fantastic and Robert Madge played Gavroche who I saw as the artful dodger in Oliver and he was great and he was very good as Gavroche as well very charming very cheeky the only person that like I mean he was fine 
He did a good enough job. He didn't like miss any notes dramatically, but he's just not quite Marius, is he? I would argue that he stole the show because you love oh, to yeah. talk about Nick Jonas in the Tony <laughs> Filler. It's almost like you just can't get your mind it's off his like performance. He's all I can think about. Like he brought so many layers to Marius. There were zero just, layers. The just... only layer I could see was the layer of fear over Nick Jonas's face that he was going to miss. Oh, a note. but he's really sad when he sings "Empty Chairs, Empty Tables." Mm. He looks really sad. It's not hard to look sad, though, is it? You just sort of scrunch your brows up a little bit, which kind of also covers the fact that he's scrunching because he's really straining to hit those high notes. But he does it, you know, he hits the notes. I didn't think he was terrible. I just thought that he wasn't as strong as the rest of the cast, who were perfect. I mean, the fact that this even exists, the fact that you can watch, basically... um, I mean, it's not... They don't have, like, the turntable, and they don't... It's not... It's sort of semi-staged, I would say that. They're in costume, and they have the red flag, and they have sort of, like, some set... But it's the closest you're going to get to watching, like, a filmed recording of the actual show. I think it's amazing that it even exists. And I'm very, very pleased and watch it still all the time. And think that if you are new to Limits, then it's a very good place to start. Because it's a very good cast. And I think it's a very accessible recording. And also the orchestra are amazing. The choir are brilliant. And the conductor is extremely attractive. So, yeah. I think that that is enough said about the O2 production. <laughs> I, yeah. I can move on with my life now. For sure, yeah. Good. So let's talk about some of the characters in Limes. Jean Valjean is... A is, thief. He's a tea leaf, is what he is. He gets the sort of first 15 minutes of the show of just him on stage soliloquising. Soliloquising? That's not a word. Maybe it is. Maybe it is. And it's actually, to be honest, it's quite dull as far as I'm concerned. It's the least interesting bit of the show. And my dad fell asleep once during the prologue when I took him to see it. Which I think is, is fair. It's fair. Then it gets going, it gets going when the revolutionaries kind of come into the show. So Marius and Angeras and Eponine. I think that's when the show kind of really comes into its own and has a bit of action and is just better, more fun, better songs. Yeah. Um, so I think Jean Valjean sort of disappears a little bit. Like, I mean, he comes back, he's still being chased by Javert. But, but... I think the energy of the revolution is what carries yeah. the show yeah, absolutely. a lot more. I mean, I think Marius and Cadet's relationship is an absolute joke. I think that's fair. Cosette is just sort of a bit of an irritating character, doesn't really have her own plotline, just sort of sees Marius once, instantly falls in love with him, and then is sort of shipped away by her dad to protect her. It's just sort of that, that instant sort of love at first sight, and then just going to give up my whole life to be with you, even though we've never even had a conversation. Nope. Just you're the one. It's I, you. I feel it in my bones. <laughs> so yeah, that's a little bit annoying. I mean, I'm a big Eponine supporter in this love triangle. I think Eponine is the best character in the entire show. Eponine deserves better. She does deserve better, but that's what she really wants. You know, you can't help some people. You can't always get what you want, can you? It's true. I think Eponine has the saddest story in the whole show as well. Um, Or Gavroche, to be fair. Oh, Gavroche. Don't. Oh, it's so sad. One of my favourite moments in the whole show, actually, it's bleak as it is, is a bit of a spoiler alert. A lot of characters die. A lot of main characters die at some point during the course of the show. There is one moment where they build a big barricade and there's a moment where there's like a lot of explosions and gunfire and then in like slow motion they all sort of fall backwards off the barricade and then they're sort of like hanging there for a while while someone else sings and it's very, very... um... Good for your core strength. (laughs) Very impactful. Also good for their culture, <laughs> I'm sure. Very impactful, very powerful, and very, very sad. I think that's, yeah, one of the lasting images. That and the red flag. Yeah. I like the sort of lasting images of the show for me. 
so obviously Les Mis has been in the West End since 1985. It's currently the Queen's Theatre, although we'll actually be moving theatres in the near future because they're renovating the Queen's as part of Cameron Mackintosh's plan to just dominate the West End with his fancy, fancy theatres. It's going well for him so Not far. Not complaining be because the Victoria Palace looks beautiful now that he's made it all marbly and nice. So yeah, I don't know what theatre it's moon to yet, but that'll be interesting for it to get a new home for a while. It's also had several productions on Broadway, so it went to Broadway in 1987, was revived in 2006, and again in 2014. Never seems to last as long there. No. And I don't know why. But you know, it's it's a very, very big musical. I think it's just as big over there as it is here, which is why they made a film out of it, which we'll discuss in a second. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and I mean, the most recent Broadway cast was fantastic. So it had Andy Mientis, Will Swenson, Cassie Levy, Roman Karim Lou went over there to play Valjean. An amazing cast. So yeah, it's just an interesting thing that it's obviously it's been running solidly in London, but just doesn't need to have the same longevity on Broadway. Yeah. I think also with the London show at this point, though, it's kind of like with Phantom, like they can't just it's close It's just an institution, now, yeah. But you think about it, like we don't like France very much. And Americans do. <laughs> yeah, but this is them failing at a revolution and loads it's of them true. die. That is that's true. why we like that's it so much. That's why it's still on, yeah. We should just mention the original London cast because it features one of our favourites. Michael Ball. Michael Ball. Michael Ball originated the role of Marius on the West End. The original London cast also included Patty Lapone as Fontaine, Con Wilkinson as Jean Valjean, Roger Allen as Javert, Rebecca Kane as Cosette, Francis Raphael as Eponine. Interestingly, both Con Wilkinson and Francis Raphael went to Broadway with the original production, so opened it in both places, which is nice for them. I really like Con yeah. Wilkinson. Oh, one thing I didn't mention about the 20th anniversary production. <laughs> Last thing, I promise, and then I'm done. Um, the four Valjeans performance where they get Con Wilkinson, John Owen Jones, Simon Bowman, who is by far the weakest link, and Alfie Bow to sing Bring Him Home Together as like a quartet. You can get that, that on YouTube beautiful. and it's beautiful. You can also buy that single if you want to, which I did, because <laughs> it's so good. So listen to that, even if you listen to nothing else from that production. So obviously there are lots of things that we love about Les Mis. So we were obviously very, very excited when it was announced that there would be a big budget Hollywood film production of it. Unfortunately, it was terrible. It was absolutely fucking awful. And I'm really disappointed because that's it now. They're not going to make another one. And that's it. That's been committed to motion picture history. So the film was sort of pitched with like, bizarrely, Anne Hathaway is like the lead she dies in the first 20 minutes spoiler alert like Fontaine is not a big character in this and I think that in itself just sort of exemplifies what was wrong with this film and maybe they had to do this to kind of get it made to cast big names in the hope that people would go and see a musical but like people went to see Grease and at the time like John Travolta and Olivia Newton-John were not that big or just like do it properly like Dreamgirls was stunt cast yeah, but, but with actual well, singers like people who could really sing yeah and really act. It's not that hard to find people who can really sing and if, in Hollywood. No. And if you're going to cast people who can't really sing, why in God's name make them sing every song live? Like, these are not easy yeah. songs to sing. And then you've got, like, Russell Crowe trying to sing Stars. And it's like, he's got a nice, it's perfectly pleasant. It's fine. It's, he has it's, a fine voice. It's fine. Like, that's all it is. It's just so underwhelming I all do the think, way through. For all the criticism that Russell Crowe gets for this film... Hugh Jackman was the biggest disappointment for yes. me. Because Hugh Jackman, yeah, everyone's like, oh, he's a Broadway actor. Yep. He's, you know, he's been in like one Broadway show. Let's all calm down. <laughs> but, you know, like... And it was a very, very Australian show. Yeah. So, I mean... And also, like, very upbeat and peppy. And he's got that energy. And, I, yeah. like, he's great in The Greatest Showman. And, yeah. like, that sort of fun yeah. musical. Yeah. 
he is horrendous. He's horrific. As Jean Valjean. Like, he does this weird accent when he sings <laughs> that means that a lot of the words are so weirdly pronounced and they just stop they're being just, words. They're not even words, they're just noises. They're just noises. Uh, sometimes on pitch, sometimes not quite. And he just looks so strained, but also, like, he doesn't care at all. Yeah. In so much of it. Yeah. I think his bring him home one of the worst things I've ever seen. I would I would definitely <laughs> agree. And I was I so... don't think I'm over exaggerating no. that either. Because it is. It's such a beautiful song and I feel like it's so it's, the whole point it's is so it's emotive, so gentle. Like you feel it's so gentle and it's yeah. the sort of song that gives you like shivers yeah. and like goosebumps and you're just like you should be completely in the moment. Like still it, with this quiet Yeah and it is in Arius. Praying for Marius. Yeah. It's so much the calm before the storm. Yeah. You're meant to be 100% with this character. I couldn't have given a shit at that point in the film. I was just yeah. like, okay, move it along. He, his vocal performance of it was awful. Like, yeah. trying to, like, belt bits of it. I mean, he hits the notes, but it's just not pleasant to listen to. It's so it's so loud, and he's walking around the house like he won't sit still, and it's so distracting. Like, these camera angles, it's, like, spinning around madly. It's just... There's too much spinning camera, I do blame Tom Hooper for a lot of the problems with this film. I do not like Tom Hooper. I do not like his style of direction. And I, I don't like his decision to make them sing live when a lot of them can't sing. And I don't like just the way... I just don't like his But also, style. it's not even just they can't sing. They sing live, but the sound quality is really yes, poor. Yeah. So actually, like, there's a reason that movie musicals generally aren't sung live. Mm. Because the sound quality... And if you're going to do it, you need to do it in a setup where you can be sure that the sound quality is going to be good enough. Like, the last five years film, you know, for all that I think it shouldn't be made a film because <laughs> it's better on stage. But, like, the performances are amazing. And they sang live and recorded the live audio for any song that is sung inside mm. because they can contain that audio and they know it'll be good and there's not echoey it's not a bit tinny because you're trying to get rid of the background noise because it was a very controlled setting but then they did recordings for like if they're wandering around outside because obviously mm. that would sound awful mm. but here there are times when i feel like they've tried so hard to isolate and remove any background noise mm. that it's, it sounds a bit weird it's really effective it just it sounds weird it just sounds like something like not tinny but just almost like scratchy quality yeah. to it and like it's not even like if they had have said we're recording it and not having any auto tune or anything we're mm. recording it in a studio that's and one thing but the thing is like I bet they fucking auto tuned it like Russell Crowe was auto tuned yeah. you can sing live and still auto tune it so it's like so yeah. actually what's the benefit yeah there, there is no. it does it makes no you difference you don't get any I think Tom Hooper's excuse was oh you get the real emotion when they sing no. it live it's like no because they're so stressed about hitting all the notes that they're forgetting what their face is doing yeah like and because all they're thinking is, I'm walking from A to B because apparently yeah. I'm walking around. I'm trying to get a everyone's lot of asleep, done. but I'm on the move. <laughs> we should say that there were some great people in this film. Samantha Barks was fantastic, of course she was. Pretty much all the students are sort of Broadway and West End yes. actors, so animators, Angeras, yep. and yeah, there's just a lot of familiar theatre faces. Yes, which is nice in the ABC Cafe. Like great, that's what the whole film should have been. Eddie Redmayne, to be fair to him, did a very solid job. Gavroche, Daniel Huttlestone, excellent, excellent, adorable. Bless Again, theatre trained. Amanda Seyfried, with quite a small role, was fine. You yeah, because that's annoying. She's Cassette's quite annoying. annoying in the role. Exactly. So yeah, she nailed it. I think for me, the big problems were Russell Crowe and Hugh Jackman, and that yeah. is a problem when they make up so much of the plot. Yeah. And have so many of the songs, and just very, very disappointed with so much of this film. I just don't really get, like. 
I get maybe why they'd need big names, but then just made sure that you had the best Jean Valjean you could have. Mm. Like with Hairspray, the film, mm. which, you know, I think is a better film than Name Is. I think it is too. You know, they had names. They, they had, had Zac Efron, they had Queen Latifah, they yeah. had... Michelle Pfeiffer. Amanda Bynes. Like, they had the names, but then for Tracy, they got someone who was unknown. Make sure that your lead... Mm is that character. Mm. Hugh Jackman just is not Jean Valjean. No, he's just not. And he never will be. <laughs> the end. Okay, we're done. <laughs> what a great way to end <laughs> this special episode. <laughs> so that is Les Mis. You can go and see it in the West End. If you are interested, you can watch the film and see what you think. Maybe you disagree with us. I'm sure there are people out do, there who like this film. I, I think there are non-idiots who like this film, probably a few of them. Yeah. yeah. If them. you do like it, email us and tell us why we're wrong. Upstagepod at gmail.com. Happy to have a bit of debate about this. Yeah. Although we we are right, so I mean I we're mean, for sure right about the film. We're for sure right. And as we're recording this, it is the thirty second, thirty third anniversary of Lemire's opening in the West End. It's almost like we planned it. It really is. <laughs> Congratulations the, the to us. The stars aligned. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. That is that is good. So that is Les Mis. Hope you enjoyed this deep dive into France. Any other business? Oh, yes. We're not done. Um, We're not done. I've been enjoying Bake Off. I've been enjoying Maniac on Netflix with Jonah Hill and Emma Stone. Very good. Did all um, of Killing Eve, as did everyone. Oh, did, all just, of it? Oh, yeah. Is it all out? Yeah, they just put it on But airing once a week on Saturdays. Yeah. Good to know. But they chucked it all on iPlayer. Gonna start it this weekend. Just so good. I'm also enjoying Serial Season 3. Yes. <laughs> yes. I'm really, really pleased that she's gone back. I think I said this last time. But she's gone back to sort of like her true crimey-ish roots. And I think she's a great journalist. And her voice is so soothing. I'd agree. Also, another one of my favourite podcasts that returned is Ear Hustle. And there have been some really amazing episodes this season. Everyone should listen to that. So that's the podcast that's um, from San Quentin Prison in the States. And it's just so well done and emotional. And I almost cried my way to work (laughs) the other day. Because I have my shit together. (laughs) (laughs) Oh dear. I think that's it. We should mention that there's going to be a slight upstage hiatus autumn hiatus because because you've got to watch all your tv kids <laughs> you've got tv to watch i've got a few weekends away so we just thought now was a great time to have a short break when we come back we will have just seen company and hades town so excited what a week what a week that's going to be very exciting you'll be able to see us find us tweet us on our social media channels so that is upstage pod on twitter and instagram and we'll be there, we'll be posting, hopefully more. Yeah, we've, we've been a bit bad at that. We've been we, neglectful. Um, like, life is busy. Life is hard. Podcasting yeah. is hard. It is. Mm. We've got full-time jobs. We're busy, we're busy career we're women. Busy. <laughs> so, yes, we will announce on there when the new episode will be, sometime in the beginning of November. But for now, you can spend this month watching the 25th anniversary production of Blimey's at the O2. Do and what Rachel does. Watch it every night. You'll feel much better for it. I promise. Oh, amazing. Bye. Bye. Bye.